Hi, this is Deborah Ann Wool. Thank you for listening to the Children of Erte podcast, presented by Demiplane. You can join us live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv backslash RPG, or catch up with the VOD of each episode on the Demiplane YouTube channel. Bags are packed, are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road Riding with you in the sunnier days I wouldn't want it any other way Hello, everyone. I am Adam, and I'm joined by Deborah Ann Wall. And thank you for joining us for episode zero of Children of Erte. <laughs> I could not be more excited to get things started to talk about a little bit of what's going on with this incredible show that we have going on. I am the CDO of Demiplane. You can find me on Twitter at BadEyeAdam. I hardly follow any other platforms because Twitter <laughs> is bite-sized enough for me to try to actually keep up with. So you can find me there. And Deborah, why don't you introduce yourself for anybody who might not know? Yeah. Hi, uh, my name is Deborah Ann Wool. I am an actor and a writer and a gamer, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been uh, creating uh, RPGs, you know, mostly primarily in the D&D space for the last five to 10 years. Um, and so yeah, we are now collaborating together to make this new show for Demiplane. And, and I, I'm just going to go ahead and get this out of the way. You also happen to be on literally my favorite television show that's ever been made. And, and <laughs> we won't maybe talk about what that is. But I do want to let everybody in the audience know that we're going to have Q&A time at yes. the end here. And you can ask those questions starting right now. If, if you're in <laughs> chat, you can ask a question. Question, type out the word question, colon, and then type whatever you would like to ask to me or Deborah, and we will get to those at the end. But we are not going to be able to answer anything about any shows or any other <laughs> kinds of projects. So it needs to be related to TRPGs or Children of Erte. So you can get those questions in starting now. This is an episode zero, and a lot of people out there, Deborah, have mm -hmm. session zeros. Yes. And that is all about getting the players together and talk about expectations and aligning those expectations. And I thought it was uh, truly interesting when you and I were talking about, you know, hey, how are we going to start this thing off? <laughs> and you mentioned possibly doing an episode zero. So yeah. tell me a little bit about that. Um, I mean, my thought was I, I'm... I'm going a little bit of a different track with this one. And uh, I know that there are sort of standards that people expect as viewers of live streamed TTRPG. And uh, I just figured it would be good to sit down in the way that you sort of set expectations with the table and you find out what your players want from the game, what you as a DM are sort of hoping to um, give them the experience you're looking to create. And you just sort of get on the same page about it. So I thought this would be a good opportunity to do that with the viewers at home so that when you tune in, you don't go, what is this? Why are they all human? I don't get it. 
<laughs> that, that's excellent. So talking about the agenda that we yes. have for the evening here, we are going to get into a little bit of the show's schedule and the format mm -hmm. of the show. So uh, if you have followed us in any of the other shows that we have streamed, you know that there is some chaos that happens here or there or maybe uh, 84 times or whatever it happened during our last <laughs> show, uh, 20 or one was rolled. So we're going to talk a little bit about those things. We're going to talk about what to expect from the world, what to expect from the characters, puzzles and clues. I've heard that Deborah likes those. Some. <laughs> um, and so, so can't wait to see what happens there. Play style and tone, and then yeah. some house rules for all of you to familiarize with and endeavor uh, to be able to walk us through that a little bit. And as I said, one more reminder, as we go here, the entire time that we're talking, you can ask questions as soon as they hit your cranium. You can say, I want to ask that, ask that in chat. We're going to collect all those and we can get to them at the end. We have fancy robots that do we things. We do. Ro robots. <laughs> they're, they're, it's a magical ritual that we have cast before the show that is collecting those. And actually, you know, now that I said that, I'm going, I see questions coming in. Yay! So the ritual works. So ritual we're, we're works. good. So ask those questions as soon as you get a chance. So let's start with the show schedule and the format of the show. So first of all, uh, as with many live streams that are uh, coming out in recent months and years, one of the things that a lot of streaming groups are starting to realize is, hey, it's really, really hard to be there every single weekend, week out, uh, and, and to maintain that kind of pace and that kind of schedule. So as we are starting this new show, one of the things that we want to do as well is we are going to take one week out of the month to not stream the actual play. So there will be uh, the first, so, so what we're targeting is the first week of every month. So that would actually be, let's see, that would have been last week. So it would have been, <laughs> March the 1st uh, would, would have been a Tuesday, and we would have taken that week off of streaming the actual campaign itself. Now, we are going to have some additional programming that is going to happen in this same time slot on those Tuesdays where we are not streaming. So sometimes that is going to be something like an after show where we're going to talk about what's happening in Children of Erte. Uh, other times it might be some other special things that we're not quite uh, ready to talk about yet, but we will have things going on in that time slot, but we won't be playing the actual campaign for one week out of the month. But then all of those other weeks, we will be streaming Tuesday nights at 6 p.m. Pacific. So wanted to get that out there first, that, uh, that we're going to be streaming all the weeks of the month except one and then there will be some alternate programming that will happen in those time slots so that's number one number two the format of the show again if you have watched any of our shows before you know whether it's been strixhaven chaos or heroes of the plains whenever someone rolls a 20 or whenever someone rolls a one we do a chaos roll and we roll on some table somewhere for chaos magic or wild magic, or I don't even know what kind of magic has happened some of the times. And, um, you know, I, I think that maybe even as an audience, you might be admitting that it's a little too much. at this point. So, so we definitely have felt that as players. And so as we start this show, I wanted to let everyone know that we're not, we're, we're, we're going to be uh, retiring with honors, <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the 20s and 1s. Uh, so we're not going to have that kind of chaos injected into this show, uh, you know, for a variety of reasons. But, um, but I do want to say, even though we won't be doing that, 
we are going to have some other really, really great ways for you as an audience to participate in what's going on in the show. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the stream, but, um, but wanted to, you know, upfront say that, you know, Hey, we have all loved the chaos. We're trying to, uh, to strike a little bit of a different tone with what we're doing with the show. <laughs> there are going to be ways for you to participate. All right. Let's get into the real reason that everyone is here. Now that all of the boring things I have to say, <laughs> let's talk about what to expect in the world and all the other things on this list. So yes. when you originally, when you and I spoke about this, you had this incredible pitch for me where you said that you enjoy fairy tales for grown-ups. Yes. And and you you had me right there. And so that, that's why we're here now, fairy tales for grown-ups. So talk a little bit about the world itself. Yeah. I mean, I think what really sort of struck me is this idea that we have fairy tales in our world and we talk about elves or trolls or fairy princesses or whatever these sort of you know, creatures are that live within the sort of periphery of our mundane real world. But the idea being that if, let's say, there was another world and we went there, wouldn't we be the fairy tales? Wouldn't we as humans be the strange folk amongst all the others? Um, and so that idea that, yeah, that that magic, that that incredible stories are right at the periphery of our, of our lives. Um, and that, you know, if you're lucky, maybe you find your way towards it. And, uh, and maybe you find out that it was part of you all along. So we're <laughs> riffing on that a little bit. Um, so the, yeah, the world as we begin is our world. Um, it might be a slightly more open world, a slightly more, um, oh, what's the word I want us? A slightly more engaged world, perhaps. Uh, but, you know, it's one that you'll recognize. I like the idea that that opens us up to making all kinds of fun um jokes and things that reference the real world uh as we see all of your comic so books it's and not even you. breaking the fourth wall at that yeah point yeah the fourth in that wall way. is just one of the walls it's just one right? of the walls yeah. right our our real world can be that now we're going to be certain sort of vague about other things so forth but um but yeah it is our world and uh as the story progresses who knows where you'll end up uh, again, you had me with fairy tales for grownups <laughs> and, and, you know, there was a show that I think many people out there uh, watching tonight uh, could be familiar with yeah. about a group of friends that were at an amusement park and they got onto a ride and, and that ride took them to another place. Yeah. Um, I adore uh, Neil Gaiman. Yeah. And Stardust. I and mean, just look, this, this idea. is, yeah. it's Alice in Wonderland. It's, you know, we, it's Narnia. It's all of these stories. This is, you know, it's not a, a unique idea, but I'm hoping it'll be told authentically through my lens, which is just, yeah, this idea that there are these strange other worlds and sometimes we cross boundaries. I love it. All right. So that's the world and part <laughs> of this world and what is going to make it yes. you know, really special is again, and, and, and you've told me this before that um, you know, if, if this was almost a drama, it's going to be a character driven drama as opposed maybe to a world, uh, you know, uh, driven drama. And, and mm -hmm. I think that, you know, as I think about the media that I like to consume, uh, world building is this important thing. I can watch The Expanse or, or something incredible <laughs> like that and just see this, you know, incredible world building. But the things that I gravitate towards are those things where the characters 
where, where I'm experiencing the world through the lens of the characters. Right. And so right. uh, we'll talk a little bit about what's going on with the characters. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I, I had this idea as I was, I was writing adventures for Demiplane. I was running, going to run a series of adventures on the platform and I was going to be bringing in players from all over the world who were going to build their own characters. And I just went, I don't want to have to put a lot of limits on people. So it occurred to me that that means you have to be able to succeed in any of these adventures as a human commoner without any special skills or any magic or any dark vision or any of that. There have, this has to be workable, even if it's harder, at, you know, playing a human commoner. And that just sparked something in my brain. And I said, wouldn't that be fascinating if that's where we started? And if leveling up was a true leveling up, we really started with characters who didn't know what their personal magic was, that didn't know what their ancestry was, and let them discover that as the game goes forward. So one thing I do want to prepare our viewers for is you may not get the classic, you know, I am a kobold druid you know, named Eekbork, you know, or whatever, you know. Did you the, just make that up? Right? I just made that up. I don't that's know great, if that's, that's an, an official. So everyone is out name. there making Eekborks. <laughs> Eekbork, the it. kobold druid. That's it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but the idea that, you know, I've asked the players to have as much creativity as they would like in, in creating the characters when it comes to class and ancestry, but just let the class and ancestry sort of simmer below the surface. So you are a, a human commoner. We're putting human commoner in quotes because there is something special about each of you. You all have gifts. You just haven't discovered them yet. So we're laying seeds. We're starting with that. But yes, for the viewers at home, you know, instead of saying, you know, Silas is a kobold you know, druid, That's me. which That's is of course, Silas what is Silas is playing. <laughs> um, you know, you're going to describe him as a, you know, a, a store owner and a comic book enthusiast, you know, so a collector. Uh, so those are the things you're going to learn. And I hope that the audience can jump on board and have some of the mystery be finding out who you are and where you came from and why you have your special gifts and sort of making that discovery with the players as we go through. So talking about those characters, so so yeah. I am playing Silas <laughs> Jordan, and, and we're, we're going to go through this very briskly yes. because we want everyone to be able, uh, we want the players yeah. to be able to, uh, you know, really, really dig into this. But if you've been paying attention to the Demiplane social accounts, um, and there have been a couple of articles uh, that have mm -hmm. been out there, uh, Comic Book Resources just did one uh, yesterday, I think, that uh, just, uh, you know, summaries of, of kind of what the characters are doing. So Silas Jordan is who I'm playing. Uh, and he is a collector. He is a comic enthusiast. And <laughs> he owns one of the world's largest uh, comic game and toy stores. So um, he and he's gotten a little bit bored with his current life, <laughs> and, he, and he's maybe looking for some more. So that that's Silas Jordan. Yeah. But then we have Maeve Flynn, who is played by the incredible Jim Kretschmer. And so I think that some of, some of our players are in chat right now. So. Yay. Jen, if you're out there, shout out. Um, but I uh, can't wait for Maeve. And Maeve mm -hmm. is, I think, a mailroom clerk. She is. is what she she has said uh, is going on there. And we have Hope Lavelle, who is playing Robin Beckett, who is uh, 80 years old, she I is. believe. 80 years young. A 80 years young. That's, per <laughs> that's perfect. And uh, I think that uh, as I've seen her write up about her character, yes. uh, she's saying that she is still a spry chicken. So... 
I love the description already. Yep. So, so this 80 year young spry chicken, uh, she is a temp agency worker. So she's done a lot of a spattering of things. Yeah. So, yeah. and uh, let's see who else. Oh, Carolyn Neb. It sounds like is, uh, <laughs> is uh, the name that she wants to go by. Uh, so Neb Stern and mm-hmm. um, she works. Uh, where, where does she work? She works in a bakery, right? Yes, she does. She has a big family. That's played by Lauren. Yeah. Lauren Urban. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so uh, she uh, says that she smells like, you know, freshly baked bread and pastries <laughs> all the time. So yes. um, I already like her a lot. And then um, finally, let's see. I Feruza Armstrong. Not, yes, Feruza Armstrong. Alicia Marie. Alicia yeah. Marie, yeah. And so uh, she has um, just uh, a, an incredible story. I, you know, I kept getting, uh, and I won't talk about the Marvel characters that, that, that I thought of <laughs> the moment that she told me about her, uh, you know, very, uh, very tall, um, you know, attorney. Yes. But, um, but yeah, oh, yeah, so, so she Gavel is of a, justice. the gavel of justice. And she is a junior counsel at uh, a big time Manhattan law firm. So it sounds like a ragtag <laughs> of these human commoners. Yes. And I cannot wait to see what plays out with all those characters. And as Deborah said, uh, you know, finding out who the characters are is going to be just as exciting for the players yeah. as hopefully it is for the audience out there. And so I, I really can't wait to see what happens when all of us get together. All right. <laughs> so puzzles and clues, Deborah. Yes. I've, I've heard that you like these. Oh boy! Um, and <laughs> you and I, I, I'm super transparent as a yeah. person, and so I've told you before that you know I have not loved puzzles mm-hmm. in, in games in the past, mm-hmm. and I have also told you that perhaps that's because I, uh, you know, haven't been engaged in them when they were ran well. Sure, but I, sure. I do remember seeing you, and you know, in some some previous shows. And I, uh, I, I think the first time that I ever saw you run a game, um, and, and I was actually live in the audience when I saw this happening, and, uh. and you ran a puzzle, and I was like, now I think I would like that <laughs> if, if, if I was playing through that. Why can't anybody do that? So yeah. let's talk a little bit about uh, puzzles, and then maybe even a little bit about you know what that might mean for the audience. Yes, out there too. absolutely. Um, so yes, I mean, I do love puzzles. Now puzzles can take some time to create. So you know, don't don't be expecting a puzzle every week, every month. We're not a puzzle shop. Folks. Not a puzzle yeah. shop. <laughs> um, but yes, but that I, I you know, I, one thing to kind of mention and we'll you know we'll get into play style and tone coming up but i do i love mysteries i love adventures so even just the puzzle of a mystery that um that you know you're going to find things that puzzle you just whether because they are in a literal puzzle or because you just don't have the information yet so i'm 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 hoping that people will enjoy that kind of thread as well in it. Um, so there will be, you know, physical puzzles that we find and clues. Um, I like to, one way that I think makes puzzles work very well in games is to plant a lot of clues, is to really, should the party search well and roll well, they can get all the information that they need to solve something. Um, I also have a house rule related to that, which we'll get to in a, a few minutes. So, you know, in terms of these puzzles, I, I never want puzzles to make people feel stuck or stupid or anything like that. They're meant to just challenge your brain and then be celebrated once you, you know, make your way through them. Um, 
so also I'll test you guys out. You know, we'll see. I'll throw a few at you. We'll see how you feel. I, you know, this is the first time I'm running a long-term live streamed show. And so I've been saying to all of the players, hey, give me feedback. If you're like, whoa, slow the pace down. Or you're like, we want more puzzles or less puzzles. Or you were too mean in that fight, you know? <laughs> I mean, we actually do want a puzzle shop, Deborah. Actually, like, we, you know, every, every week. week puzzles, so. You'll just watch us sit there in silence as we stare at something we can't see. <laughs> Um, but yes, so going hand in hand with that, part of the element that we want to introduce that allows the viewers at home to sort of engage with the show um, is that we will be creating a website, I believe it is. Actually, the page is already okay. up, so oh. I, can, I can drop that right now. So you can go to demiplane.com slash children of Erte. Um, and, and this time it doesn't have the accent over the E just for URL purposes. <laughs> um, so uh, demiplane.com slash children of Erte. And that is going to give a page that right now is going to have just more information about the characters yeah. and uh, the show itself. But uh, that is where all of what Deborah is about yes. to talk about is going to live when it, uh, it goes live as well. So whenever they, the characters find a puzzle or find a handout or find a book or anything that I've created sort of graphically uh, to help them solve a puzzle or clues towards the mystery, we will upload all of that information to that webpage so that you at home can play along, solve the puzzles at your own leisure. Um, all that we will ask <laughs> is that if you do solve the puzzle before the players do, that you use the hashtag nocastallowed potentially <laughs> um, for your tweet or your sharing of it. Um, so we need all of the players to yes. mute that hashtag mute right now. Hashtag, hashtag no cast, no cast allowed, allowed. That, that's it, um, yeah. if you want to you know sort of get together and share but what i'm hoping is that it'll be for you guys at home who love to watch and play and maybe get together that if you and your friends want to you know get together and try to solve a puzzle uh, on your own you can play with us uh so yes i'm hoping that'll be a really fun aspect um potentially you know for your unpaid games at home if you would like to use some of these ideas i would be honored <laughs> so i think it'll just be a nice resource to kind of help people um, who are maybe like yourself, never really liked puzzles or don't feel that they would be good at creating them, sort of give an insight into how that's done and what a puzzle might look like and, and what goes into it. Demiplane.com slash children of Erte, go and bookmark that now. And as we get into the show and as those clues hit, uh, you know, the player's hands, uh, th those are going to start going up on that page and, and you can uh, kind of follow along. So yeah, looking, <laughs> looking forward to what is going to happen there. So next, let's talk about a little bit about play style and tone. Just, uh, you know, what, what kind of play style and what kind of tone are you yeah. expecting for the show? Yeah, I think, you know, for me, I always like a really casual, really playful atmosphere. Um, you know, I'm of the opinion that really none of us know how to play D&D. Those are big books, right? <laughs> um, so I do a lot of bargaining at my table. I do a lot of, you want to try that? Okay, that doesn't feel like it follows the laws of physics, but let me offer you this. You know, or, you know, maybe I don't know whether that's an investigation or a perception. Choose which one you like and it'll affect the type of response you get. You know, um, you know, if you're looking for a secret door and you want to roll perception, OK, you roll well, you feel a draft coming into the room. If you roll it as investigation, oh, you notice that per the window orientation, this room is smaller than it should be. It'll affect the, you know, the way you get the response. So I'm I'm very open. No one can play D&D wrong in my book, uh, in, including myself, who plays it literally wrong all of the time. <laughs> 
So it's a very, very, uh, uh, I hope, inviting and accepting atmosphere. Um, um, as I've often said in, in my worlds, um, everyone is welcome. Everyone is respected. You might stand out if you're an Arakakura walking down the street, but no one is going to treat you any differently or with any disrespect in my world, except for the mustache twirly bad guys. Um, and, and, and that that's something that I will interject there yeah. for the, the viewers as well. Just thinking through that play style, uh, you know, the tone that Deborah mm -hmm. is laying out there. Uh, so when it comes to backseat play <laughs> or, you know, armchair quarterbacking or, you know, any of those kinds of activities, we're just not going to really tolerate that. <laughs> so, so, you know, just, uh, again, aligning expectations with everyone out there. Yeah. This is a, uh, this is a game where the cast is coming together to have fun. We uh, genuinely believe it's going to be really fun for you as a viewer as well. And so when it comes to decisions that players make, or you should have used this spell instead of that spell, you know, those kinds of things. Yeah. Again, please just be respectful and remember uh, that, that we're having a good time. And as Deborah said, uh, no one's really playing this game the right way anyway. And, uh, and, and so uh, j just, just keep things very, very civil. Yeah. I think, I think some of it too, is I'm, I'm asking players and myself as well to really, you know, we're starting in this different space where we're humans in the real world as well. So really leaning into story. And I like to be very player focused. I, I get very excited about players and how brilliant they are. And that is so fascinating to me just endlessly. And so I, I really want, if you want to do something cool and your, you know, character sheet doesn't specifically support it, I would rather we figure out how to do it than just say, no, you can't. Um, so yeah, so I really, I want to focus in on that. I like, uh, I've even said things like try to forget some of the old game adages, like don't split the party, right? That's a gamer attitude. And, and some people love to play that way. And I would never tell you at home not to play that way. But for this game, I'm sort of suggesting if that feels right, we could have a really fun back and forth play by play of what that is and, and lean into the scariness of being alone somewhere or just two of you. Um, so Lauren, so yeah. Alicia, Jen, yeah. Hope, we know exactly what we need to do the first <laughs> moment that we Immediately have a chance. Split, split, up. The party, split the party. We're Five separate strands. We can make it happen. <laughs> but yeah, sort of letting go of some of those adages that we've all learned. And um, you know, while, while they're really great for good strategy in the game and, and your players, your characters may learn that. They may learn that you do better when you stick together over the 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 levels that you gain, the, ex the literal experience that you have. But to sort of start with this idea of really, what would your character do in that moment? Would they would they want to strike out on their own or how would they respond? Um, as I said, this is a mystery adventure. I There are always going to be open tasks on the to-do list of Children of Erte. Um, you know, so there there may open not my be- my adventure journal. What's yes. Next? Yeah, love it. <laughs> there may not be a lot of sitting around the campfire talking about our backstories, but I'm hoping that that will naturally interweave that, you know, we've done so much um, really wonderful pre-work where I know so much about who all of these characters are and what matters to them and where they've come from that I can speckle in triggers for you all so that there are opportunities for you to in action share with us who you are rather than kind of taking time out to talk about that. So I, I'm, I'm hoping that that will work. We'll experiment with it and see how it goes. And finally, I, you know, I like things to get a little creepy. I like things to be, um, 
you know, a, a, a little scary, a little ugh sometimes. Uh, you know, I, I grew up on Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark Ooh, and you know, yes. all of those sort of gent I like uh, gently terrifying is my it's like the mo you know goosebumps is like the modern brothers grim you know kind yeah, of, yeah exactly yeah. but this yeah, idea that I'm I'm gonna gently gently terrify you is uh, definitely a uh, and my gently adage, terrify as gently you heard terrify. it here, folks. Yeah. well I, I'll I'll share this it's one of my favorite things I found um through doing NaNoWriMo which is the national novel writing month it's called a um, literary scratch test. And the idea is to just the same way that like if you test for allergies, they scratch you with things. And if you have a reaction, you're allergic to that thing. The idea being that you answer questions like what makes you gag? What scares you? What breaks your heart? Uh, you know, what are places that you would never go? Or, you know, and as you start to write things down, the ones that make you go are gold because you know immediately you have a wealth of of specifics around that. So I am constantly looking to just scratch test you guys all along the way and see what makes you squirm just that little bit. That was such a uh, just vivid picture for me because, <laughs> you know, my wife has had that done and she yeah. basically came came in and her entire arm was just like she's allergic to grass pretty much. Wow, and so it's yeah. just like so. Uh, so, yeah, that is. Uh, that's very evocative yes, there um, exactly. and, and tells me exactly, uh, you know, how that works. So <laughs> I can't wait to get scratched. Yes. It'll be great. Gently terrify you. All right. Um, and, and finally, let's, um, yes. you know, let's talk about some house rules. I'm very excited about these. So yeah, house rules. So I just have a couple of things that I do a little differently. And then down the line, there may be things like, you know, holding your breath underwater that I do a little differently or things like that as well. But we'll we'll deal with those as we come to them. Starting with just basic kind of rules all of the time that I do a little differently. So uh, we'll start with helping. So while the advantage giving of helping is a very clean way to do that, I like it to matter who helps and how they help. So if a character would like to help another character with a task, um, they can do so using any modifier they wish, um, but they have to explain to me how. And this is just a base modifier. You can't use your skill modifier to, to help. Um, but let's say, you know, the barbarian is lifting a log and the squishy little wizard goes, well, my strength is a minus one. So I'm, you know, helping doesn't, doesn't work in that way. So instead, I like the idea of them saying, well, I'm instead, I'd like to use my intelligence modifier to point out stable ground that will help the barbarian lift that log and hold it more steady. So, um, so yes, you can help your friends. We will stack modifiers instead of incur advantage. Um, the caveat to this is that uh, some of my DCs are a little higher than other people's DCs because I like to encourage people to help one another and to get creative in how they do it. So instead of just saying I help, you have to tell me how and what, what uh, base modifier you're using. So I, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Yeah. And, and this is, uh, you know, Adam as a player asking this <laughs> one. So let, let's say that that log that the barbarian yeah. is, tr is trying to to lift is almost impossible to do. Yes. The wizard's pointing out the stable ground. Yes. Um, you know, Silas is really, you know, massaging their shoulders and, and talking <laughs> sweet, sweet things yep. into their ear. Yep. You know, what, whatever's happening there. Yeah. So as that is all coming together, if it doesn't succeed that first time, uh -huh. 
are we able to try to approach it in a different way or is it like once you fail it, it, it has been failed? So it depends on the skill search. So certain things like there may be certain places where like if I search for gold, you know, or I'm searching a, a hoard of treasure for items, if you roll low, that may just determine what is literally there. So if you roll low, you find three things, that's what you find. If you roll high, you find five things, that's what you find. But generally, if you can explain to me how you're going to approach this differently, you know, when when you fail the check, I'll say it didn't work because, you know, the log is just too big and, you know, Silas, it's it's too cold out. You're you're you know, your teeth are chattering as you're trying to give him, you know, help him along. Um, you know, so I'll explain it. And then if you guys want to say, OK, I put on a winter coat so that my teeth don't shatter and we're going to chop the log in half, then you can try again. Um, so as long as you change the circumstances in some way, you can try again, restack the modifiers and uh, see what happens. That is uh, very, very clear. So I appreciate <laughs> you being a good sport there. Of course. Uh, being of put course. on the spot like that. So yeah, uh, so yeah that, that's great. What what else do we have? Anything else? All right. In the house so the next one relates to clues. Um, so I, again, because at any time, I don't ever want this to be a we're stuck because we just can't figure out this crazy convoluted puzzle that Deborah made at 4 a.m. and didn't test on anyone. Um, uh, so I will always allow, again, a base intelligence check for a clue. Um, and you will always get a clue. So if you roll a one, you will still get a clue. It just won't be a great clue. Um, a 20 will get you a really fantastic Apparently clue. it uses some kind of electricity, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so you will, you will always receive a clue if you make a clue check, I guess is what we'll call it. Um, and just the, the amount of the roll will determine sort of the uh, value of the clue. Um, so yeah, so that's sort of where we are. So those are, that's like my, my clue rule. Um, I also have a metagaming rule. So similar in line with wanting to keep this really immersive and really have players and the audience at home feel like they're in the moment uh, of this story. Um, I like to offer to anyone who wants it that on roles where metagaming might be a problem, such as looking for traps, perception, insight is a really good one that I can roll the d20 for you, you can tell me your modifier, and I will tell you that you see no traps. And you don't know whether that's because there are no traps or whether you rolled low. Whereas if you rolled a three and I told you that you saw no traps, you might be tempted to have someone else try it or for you to try again in that sort of a sense. And, or even if you decided to go through with it, you would go, oh, but I'm pretty sure there's a trap there and go about it a different way. So this way we keep that little thing if you're like, checked it i don't think there are any you know and like <laughs> let that sort of tension build uh and then see what happens and um but that is a that is a player option you do not have to take that if you would rather roll your own thing. so do you have any fear yeah that um us in the cast that we are going to ask you to roll everything <laughs> because um, that sounds like a, a really fun way to play i to know i so. i have had players that ask me to roll almost everything um i have a dice tower so it's very you know fair in that sense uh i i i don't mind that <laughs> too much we'll, we'll see how it goes you know yeah. if, if you're just choking on on rolls or something Sometimes you know we might pull that back a it's little been bit. interesting like i've done it on like 
important survival checks for tying knots. Like we tie the boat up to, to the mast and then we leave. And then later I get to be like, so your boat's gone. I rolled a three, <laughs> um, you know, and it's sort of fun. You think you roll, you, you know, tied an amazing knot, but your boat's gone. Um, so it allows for really fun things like that to happen where, again, if you, if you rolled a three and tied your boat, you either wouldn't be surprised when it wasn't there when you got back or you'd keep going until you made sure it was tied safely. So it allows for fun things like that to occur. Um, so we can test it out. Let's, you know, I, it's, I love it's it. not, yeah. it's not valuable for every single check, every single ability check or skill check, but for some of them, it's been really fun. Well, you know, one of the things uh, not to get, um, you know, too, too much into anything that's going on with characters, but you know, it's like uh, <laughs> uh, the, the insight check. Yes. is one that in my own games that I've uh, run, you know, comes up all the time. And I love that idea of, well, if I rolled an 18 on the die mm -hmm. and I have a plus five modifier, if they are lying to me and I don't know it, then, you know, something's wrong there. But right. in this scenario, you know, the plus five modifier, you don't know if you rolled a three, you don't know if you rolled an 18. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, I, I think it uh, genuinely, I think it's going to be a ton <laughs> of fun to play that way and uh, talking with the rest of the cast uh, like, yeah, we love, like, we're going to ask Deborah to roll everything. <laughs> no. So, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. I'll, I'll get uh, different dice and different colors for each of you. I love it. <laughs> we all want to do insight checks. That's it. <laughs> you know, and see what happens. All right. Um, um, all right. So let's see. I have two more. Oh, okay. Two I, more I, house I rules. that was it. No, so I, I have, feel like they're, okay, two I more. Have two let's more go. house rules. Um, the next one is a called shot rule. I am going to allow some called shots. So here's why. Sometimes I think encounters can fit into a zone of like, all right, I hit you, you lose seven. You hit me, I lose three. I hit you, you lose two. And we just kind of get into this kind of, you know, going down. Whereas I think something like conditions really add strategy to the game and flavor and colors to it. So, um, for a called shot, you can use your ready action to ready a called shot. So on your turn, as your action, you have to say, here's what I'm preparing to do. I want to stab their foot into the ground and cause the, the restrained condition, right? Unless they take an take a, um, action to pull it out kind of thing. So we'll bargain. We'll agree on what the setup is. Then... You will have to use your reaction to take the action, and the trigger is the end of your target's turn. So what you give up is that they get to go first. So you're going to watch them. They're going to take their turn, and as soon as their turn is over, you can attempt your attack um, using you know, using your held, your readied action. Um, so, so, so I'm yeah. going to jump in as a player here yeah. again, put, put on the spot again, you know, because... Um, yeah, I mean, I could have asked this in the other times that we've talked about this, but I didn't think about it. <laughs> Go for um, it. So in that scenario, yes. I'm trying to uh, stab a foot, mm -hmm. calls restrained. Yes. They take their turn, they move away. Yes. Then that just means that you don't get to do that at that point in time? Uh, you, it, that is part of the, uh, part of the, That's the, uh, risk reward. the bet, the risk reward yes. that you're taking for that. Got is it. that now I promise as the DM the monster, your target, didn't hear you say, I'm going to try and stab them. So I, I will play that 
monster or that opponent as if they don't know what you're doing unless you do decide to telegraphic. Um, now they might run away from you for other reasons, but yes, you know, I, I will not intentionally, I want you to use the called shot. So I'm not going to intentionally squander your called shots if I really want Makes you to sense. do them. Um, the only other caveat I put on it is that while called shots can impose conditions, they cannot cause insta-death. So <laughs> no stabbing to the brain or stabbing to the heart or anything like that. Um, you can go for the torso area if you want to, you know, somehow cause something in there. And again, I'm open to creative ideas. So if you have an idea that is not sort of an obvious condition, we'll talk about it. Um, but yes, so uh, the only thing we're not doing is insta-death uh, from called shots. And then the very last house rule that um, I am going to be doing, because we are humans living in the real world and there are consequences to critical injuries. What I'm gonna introduce, and again, I don't think it's an entirely new idea, but it will be my specific version of it, is that um, we will do lasting injuries for any characters that make uh, death saving throws. So if you make one death saving, if you fail one death saving throw, um, I will either roll or choose from a minor injury table that I have. If you make two death saving throw fails, I will either roll or choose from a major injury table that I have uh, created. And of course we all know the consequence of three death saving throw fails. So that's it. These kinds of injuries are, I would like to really, I'd like to really encourage both the players and the audiences to not think of these as penalties or even consequences necessarily. They are unique traits that now allow you to be creative in other ways. So some of this will be a little bit determined on what the damage was and how it was taken or something like that. We'll be a little creative of it in the moment. But let's say you're wounded in the leg. We might say, all right, your speed is reduced by five feet for seven days. And that'll be your lasting critical injury from having made one death saving throw, we'll say. Um, but instead of that being like, oh, man, instead, maybe you take your shield and you slide down the hill, you know, and, and go 60 feet in one turn, you know, like maybe that's what happens instead. And so I, I'm really hoping that these... These are, are exciting ways to, to create unique circumstances rather than like, ha ha, gotcha kind of thing. I, I, I love it. And, yeah. you know, uh, a game that I have a lot of affinity for in video game form mm -hmm. is uh, Fable and, I, you know, Chicken Chaser. Um, <laughs> and so, um, you know, you, you're running around there. You have some of those lasting uh, scars and injuries. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you're, you're an old person in that game and, and you're still out adventuring. And uh, but you remember what has happened before. And so I'm uh, I, I'm definitely all for um, what's yeah. going on there. And I can't I can't wait to see that play out as well. Yeah, we'll be interested to see how it goes. If it bogs things down, maybe we'll abandon it halfway through. We'll decide. Like I said, I like this to be real casual, real experimental. So we'll give this a shot and see how it feels. I think it could be interesting, though. And 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 none of it unless you were like really on your last legs, none of it's going to be last forever. This is going to be a couple of days of something that kind of, you know, you have to work around a little bit. Uh, but yeah, we're, you know, I, I'm really hoping it'll just be encouragement to have some other creative ideas. 
Awesome. All right. Well, so Deborah, let's move to questions. Right. I have a lot of questions <laughs> that have come in. So we are going to cover as many of them as we can in the time that we have allowed here. So the first one is from Phantasmic Ghost 2. Okay. Will this new show be low fantasy or high fantasy? I'm not even sure I understand the question. Uh, I mean, uh, probably lower fantasy, at least to begin with. Um, you know, I I didn't really come to D&D through the fantasy space. I came to it through the adventure mystery interests. Um, so frankly, you know, I've, I have a D&D campaign I'm writing right now that takes place at summer camp, you know, like, <laughs> um, so which is very sort of low fantasy, high adventure. Um, you know, Was that, that code for something that's going to happen on our show? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, you all go to summer camp. I almost pitch you that one. Actually. Sounds fun. Sounds fun. <laughs> I've been, I've been summer camp. Hey, we have other days of the week. Though, I know. Right? <laughs> summer camp's been brewing for many, many years and I, I'm only, you know, I, I still have lots of work to figure it out, but, um, but yeah, I, I think adventure and mystery is going to be the kind of main thrust of this. That doesn't mean you won't see a dragon. You won't. These are we are talking about fairy tales. We are talking about mystical creatures, and the idea is that the, it may shift over time. Right. So this is a little spoilery or a little teasery. While it may start sort of low fantasy we're going to find that hopefully the more the players are interested in these phenomena around them, that that balance may shift and more and more of that fantasy fairy world might start to take over. All right. I think our question bot might've messed up. Let's see. Is it working now? Did it work that time? Excellent. Excellent. All right. So that was a real question. I didn't make sure. up that last one. I, I promise. <laughs> um, so, th so then this one is from rated Lex one. Are you going to tell us which race slash characters will be in the game? I'm, I'm going to take this one. Deborah. Sure. So yeah. a little earlier in the show, uh, we did uh, lay out that at least initially, we are not going to be revealing a lot of that, uh, you know, pretty baseline information. Mm -hmm. So if you if you happen to miss the first part of the show, uh, we are going to talk about our characters in the terms of Silas Jordan, for me, for instance, is a collector and a store owner. Um, so, so that's how we're going to identify the characters uh, to start. And part of the fun of the mystery uh, of how this is going to play out is figuring out, you know, maybe yeah. what classes they are, what, what ancestries to they are. Yeah, to elaborate on that, I like the idea that as you're watching and you see Silas take an action or do something, that you might go, oh, I wonder if that means this is what he is or what he's good at. And so I, you know, uh, again, try and think of it as leaning into the discovery of it all. Awesome. All right. Let's see. Old Ninja 93. Love that username. How long has Deborah been a DM? And ah. what is one of her favorite worlds slash modules to run? Oh, boy. Um, I've been a DM for a little over 10 years now. Um, I, you know, I, I started playing D&D probably 13 years ago. And about a year or two after I started, I very quickly was the person who was like, hey, everybody, let's get together. I guess I have to do it, you know. <laughs> um, it so, was yeah. so weird because yeah. the first time I met you, I remember specifically yeah. you saying that you had done it for like six years. And when this question was asked, I was yeah. expecting you to say six years. But oh, then you funny. said 10 years. And I'm like, time has just like flown. I know, like, I know. It, it, it's wild. So 10 years, that's a long time. 
It's a long time now. Yeah. So, um, (laughs) so yeah. And then in terms of like lore and modules and things, all of that really intimidates me. All those really big books of, of history, fictional history. I, you know, I just get really scared and I'm just, I get so afraid that if I run something in a preset world that I'm going to mess it up or I'm going to say something that won't jive with, you know, something down the line. So I've, I've pretty much primarily written my own worlds just because I can make it up and I can create whatever I want. And if I, and I can't mess it up because anything I say, you are the canon. Yeah. just exists. (laughs) I am the canon. Um, To say that, you know, the realm I'm most familiar with would be Forgotten Realms, Sword Coast World. Um, The first adventure, published adventure that I ever ran was Lost Mines. Um, I ran a Storm King's Thunder. You know, I think that kind of classic adventure setting really suits me. Um, I have played in Curse of Strahd. I enjoyed Barovia very much, but it's a little... um, I think I think for me again I I I like a little I mean Brovi's creepy for sure but I like like less gothic and more childlike maybe is my my style <laughs> so um you know I I haven't dug into you know the witch light yet but I'm sure that that's probably right up my alley mm, so I yeah. have to I have to really yeah, that seems like it would be yeah I have to really crack that open someday soon all right let's see Jonan one Deborah, do you recall the first D&D character you played? Hmm. And do you have a favorite class you enjoy the most? Sure. So my first D&D character ever was Mistress Pyrona. She was a fire genasi sword mage. Uh, so fighter, basically. But I had some um, magical powers to <laughs> in order to make that fancier. I remember that sword mage, yeah. <laughs> this was 4E. I started in yeah. 4E. Um <laughs> But yeah, I I loved her. She was a lot of fun. I you know I enjoy um, etymology. So of course she's pyro, no, as in pyrotechnics and fire genasiness. Um, so yeah, so that, that's a little clue <laughs> in my games. If you follow the etymological root of some names and words, you may figure out what I'm trying to do. So um, so I'm a bit of that kind of geek are myself, you? and so like even if you had not told me that, I probably yeah. would have been like googling like what's caught the, saw, caught what, on a little what's bit. The root of that word, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So yeah, now now so, yes. I know I I have an inside track and I can figure <laughs> out. Uh, I'm gonna need all the help I can. Yes, get, I just so. gave you advantage on your yeah, uh, your investigation checks there on your your clue checks um so yeah so mistress pyrona uh yeah she was she was a lot of fun i definitely i'm not fantastic at spellcasters i'm definitely my sweet spot is either um a fighter melee or range i've played rangers i like that as well or my really favorite is the mix of the two so rogue bards that kind of area um clerics scare me uh (laughs) I really, that's a lot, man. When you have every spell, spell available to you and you just and have you're to responsible for keeping everyone alive. Everyone alive. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, that, that really scares me. So I generally, even when I dungeon master, it's so nice because those monster stats are just much clearer than the PC, like, you know, figure it all out. So someday I'll have to, I'll have to force myself for, for many years zone. uh w- when i create a character yeah um really before you know my former life where i made a, a digital character sheet but before that it was always <laughs> 
making um, some form of uh, stat block for uh -huh. every character because I was so used to reading a stat block that if I ever made an actual character sheet, I would translate right. it to oh, stat block form. So, oh, that's yeah. fascinating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah. But you know, just just the idea that like on a stat block, there's no preparation. Of, it's just those are the spells that they have today. Go for it, you know, kind of thing. Um, but I do a lot. Uh, there's a really good website. Um, I think what the what the monsters know or the monsters know what they're doing or something like that. Anyways, I love that for help in those scenarios to help me strategize, um, especially with spellcasters, uh, intelligent fighters in that sense, uh, how to do it. So I, I highly recommend that website. It's a mon monster tactics. Yes, someone will be able to find Someone will be able that. to tell so us. It's really I'm already good. seeing things in chat. So okay, I think good. Someone will it. help so me out. That's it. That's it. I just have a button on my home screen that I'm just like, that's the one <laughs> that's that helps it. me. Bookmark. Yes. Uh, being Huff, how long do you expect an episode will go? I can jump in here. So, yeah. uh, so everything is targeted at two hour long episodes so we will start at 6 p.m pacific and we will do our best to wrap that up by 8 p.m pacific and so um give or take some time and uh you know kind of as we've uh, talked about this from the production side and, and with the cast uh you know deborah's uh, kind of said that you know hey if it's uh, if we're about to get into a whole thing and we don't feel like we have time to do it justice, then, uh, you know, yeah. we, we might wrap a little earlier than that. And then sometimes, uh, you know, depending on where we are, we could wrap a little bit after that, but the target is definitely yeah. two hour long episodes. Well, Alpha, I've been, I mentioned this to you guys before. I don't mind being like, you know, if one of the characters is like, I raised my sword above my head, I'm going, all right, we're going to pick that up next week. You know, like, I don't mind leaving that strong cliffhanger pause. moment, you know, yeah. pause on that. Yeah as you feel the strain of your sword and your arms will come back next week, you know? So why we can be, we can be really uh, playful with that as well. I feel. Excellent. All right. Uh, M5 tie-in ask, will the shows be live or pre-recorded? I'll, I'll jump in here again on this one. So for, uh, so the target is live and uh, the intent is live, but um, our cast, uh, we all live some pretty busy lives and, uh, and w w we have a lot going on. And so our, uh, our priority in the situation is having as much continuity as we possibly can, that, that we're going to have episodes uh, in all of the weeks of the month that we're supposed to have them, except for, for the one, you know, by week uh, that, that we will have there. And so sometimes that is going to translate to us getting together and pre-recording uh, one of the episodes in order to make sure that, that we're maintaining that continuity. Because again, with, uh, with the cast that we have and, and with all the travel that goes on occasionally live is not always going to be possible but we are you know the the intent is for these to be live yeah. as much as they possibly can be yeah and you know like as an actor i mean hotel internet <laughs> i just i wouldn't i wouldn't want to put you through that exactly. i wouldn't want to put anyone through hotel internet so uh you know there may be times we do have to but i think the intent is to 
even if it's pre-recorded, it's still live play. You know, we're not looking to edit heavily. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're definitely not editing. Everything yeah. would, would be coming at you, uh, you know, in the same way as, as if we were playing live there. So, uh, and you know, we're, uh, just to, again, be very, very transparent with that. We're not going to shout it from the rooftops when one is pre-recorded, yeah. but at the same time, we're not going to, you know, go the, the other way and, and uh, fake it like it, it's, uh, you know, <laughs> happening live at that moment. So, uh, so really we're just going to focus on playing and enjoying the game and, and hopefully making uh, an incredible story for, for the viewers to really latch well, and on. Hey, them. knowing our players, if it's a week we had to pre-record, they might actually get to be in chat with all of you then while that the game's is, that going is on. very so. true. Very true. So, yep. Yeah, yeah. So that, that, that'll be how we handle that as we go forward. Let's see. Uh, oh, this is an interesting one. I'll throw this one uh, out there to you knowing that, uh, you know, there, there are factors that, that have to happen here, but um, from Al Kastars, uh how long do you think children of Erte uh, is going to last? Hmm. Well, yeah. Ask the stars, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, the intention is to sort of start this and see what course it takes. I have ideas that could go very long, but I've only really planned a few episodes, you know, down the line because um, I sort of want to see where everybody goes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think de depending on how we all feel, how we all like each other, if it's going well, <laughs> um, you know, this this could certainly go to a level 20 if we desire it to, or it could round out at a really lovely time if that feels like it's the right kind of closing for it. So, yeah. And the only thing I'll add there is, um, is again, we definitely uh, on the Demi plane side, we're going to have a commitment to, uh, you know, continuing as, uh, yeah. as long as everybody's having fun and <laughs> as long as people are watching it out there. And so, uh, so <laughs> yes, so, if yeah, you want more, get yeah, people to watch. <laughs> you, you do, you do have to watch, but, uh, but yeah, as, as that's happening, um, the intent is definitely, that it is an ongoing uh, yeah. story. It, it's not a one shot or a mini series or, or anything like that. Uh, the intent is definitely for it to be, you know, long form and how long is, is, is going to be up to a lot of those different factors. All right, let's see. Arc Magellus. Will we be able to rewatch the stream later? Yes, for sure. Uh, so the best way to do that is to follow uh, or subscribe. I think it's subscribing on YouTube. I'm an old man. Um, so on YouTube, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel and all the VODs will be available on the YouTube channel. We're not exactly sure on the schedule for that yet, uh, but what I can say is, is we are certainly committed to getting that up before uh, the, the uh, episode after it. So we should at a minimum have that out uh, the Mondays before a show airs on Tuesday. And the reason for that delay, uh, it's very important to us that all of these shows have professional captioning done uh, for accessibility purposes. And so uh, as soon as a show airs, we download that as quickly as we can. They're huge files, so it takes a little while, but but we get the files done and we get that sent off to the uh, the firm that we use for uh, captioning. And uh, the process that they take there is is really where that lead time comes in. And so, but again, it's very important to us that these have uh, you know really well done captions. And so uh, we're gonna you know get that out as soon as we can. But um, but you know I, I don't think. 
think it has ever been later. It's never been more than a week. So, you know, if you happen to miss an episode, it should be up before the next one airs. If you want to try to catch up and, and be able to watch the next one live. And, All right, you know, worst case scenario, we have those bye weeks. So that is very true behind one or something. You can binge on a week off and be right there with us. That'll be perfect. Let's <laughs> see. Let me, um, I've got some here that are repeats, so I don't want to do that. Let's see. Uh, okay. This is a good one uh, from Felamid. Will there also be an audio blog that can be listened to if I miss wow. a video episode? So we were talking about this a little bit before uh, we started here, and we definitely have plans for a podcast version mm -hmm. of this. Now, the podcast version is going to be the version that also uh, you know airs live on Twitch and and what will be in the VOD. Uh, there will be you know a little bit of audio mastering and, and some of the the things that happen to make it ready for a podcast. Uh, but you'll be getting that same experience. But you will be able to do that, and we're going to have a little more information about that as we get past this first episode. But the intent is for that to be uh, available on you know Apple, Spotify, any of the other you know uh, uh, big places that podcasts are available. Let's see, how are we doing on time? So, you know, Deborah, not to put you on the spot, you got yeah. any more time? Can we oh, go yeah, yeah, just a little while longer? Because we yes. got a lot of questions. We're, oh, we're yeah, going to go, we're going to cap this at 10 more minutes. Okay. <laughs> we're going to cap great. this at 10 more minutes. No All worries. right. So, here we go. Let's see if I can find another one. Um, so, uh, from Alka Stars, Deborah, do you plan out your storyline or is it a general goal and improv to get there? Oh. Um, so, I. I kind of design the playground more than I design the route through it, I guess, or, or, or who, who's made the playground, or I don't know exactly how to say how to finish the analogy, but um, I, I, I like locations. My father was an architect and I grew up making schematics and designing houses for my Barbies and things like that. So I, I really enjoy that piece of it. Now, some of that that comes into that is who built it and why and what did they need it for and where is it going or why is it there? You know, that kind of thing. So there is story element that comes into that. But generally, you know how we think of like a five room dungeon and you move your way through it? I almost just keep extrapolating that, right? So a five room dungeon can also be like a house in a town and then five towns between two cities, you know, kind of thing. And so you kind of keep bouncing it out and you keep asking those questions of who built this and why. And uh, so I will probably have a main villain in mind and what they want. And the first two or three of my extrapolated five room dungeons <laughs> sort of set up. And I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating that each sort of location will take, you know, maybe three to four or five episodes to kind of explore and clear and understand. Um, but maybe not. Some of them are bigger than others. So I, I am not planning majorly ahead. Um, but I do have an idea of kind of who's at the helm of all of this and why these adventures are occurring. Uh, but yeah, I'd like to leave, especially in this case, with a lot of other things I've written, I've, I've had a much more succinct idea. But with something this free-flowing and this open, I really like it to be directed by the players. So it's going to sort of, we're just going to kind of see what sparks their interest. I'm just going to, you know, keep throwing out ideas and see what, what they bite at. 
one of the best, um, you know, kind of epiphanies that I had over the years running these games yeah. was, was that idea that uh, people like dungeons, but then yeah. they don't like them uh, <laughs> in some ways, you know, yeah. and, uh, but then, you know, disguising the dungeon yeah. as something that isn't the stone walls of the cave. Yep. Um, and, uh, and so what you said there really, uh, really reminded me of that and resonated. So yeah, it's going to be exciting to see that. All right, we've got Star Chaser 43 is asking, is there a time period for the human commoners? Will the time period be unstated? So I assume that that is asking about, uh, is it our modern world? Yeah. Is it the 1960s? What, what, what are we doing there? <laughs> um, yes, it's our it's our modern world. It might not be 2022, but, you know, on a movie, it would say present day kind of thing. I'm not going to make all the players wear masks and carry hand sanitizer or anything like that. Um, you know, it, it's it's... It's the world that is familiar to all of us, but slightly lovelier. <laughs> it's maybe what I will say. Slightly lovelier. So it's the Star Trek aspirational world. Uh, potentially, you know. <laughs> yeah, <Got> potentially. <laughs> um, but it's not the future. It's not the past. It's it's just now. Um, and you know the things you know. You'll have you'll have cell phones. I'm you know that's I've taken things like that into a, you know into consideration. Um, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about like, what is equipment? You know, you're not going to have an adventuring pack if you're a comic book collector, you know, kind of thing. Although maybe you do. Um, but uh, that, you know, the, in a way, the, the, the players are going to get to design their own equipment. And down the line, if they want to grab, you know, a trash can lid and use it as a shield, we'll throw some stats on it. You know, like it's it's that easy. So I'm I'm hoping in a way that this game will inspire people to redress, use these fantastic mechanics that are at the heart of D&D &D and just redress them, right? A shield can be anything that you put in front of your body to stop a blow, right? Um, and that can be anything and you can find it, you can create it. So I'm, I'm excited to hopefully inspire people to redress the game when they want to. I'm not going to throw this one up on the screen, but Cato Flex does ask, does Silent jo Silas Jordan drink sweet tea? And he's from <laughs> Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and so he absolutely drinks all the does. sweet in all the tea. Um, all right. So uh, so let's see here. Uh, this is a great question from uh, Brad DMAG. Um, will there be a Discord for viewers to talk puzzles or puzzle spoilers, or will that be the website? So we are talking through some different ways for that to happen, and um, and, and and I think that the answer is yes. It might not be immediate, but uh, but it is something we are working on, and we will share more details as we get a little closer to that. But uh, we love the idea, yeah. uh, and we love you know having a place for people to come and uh, you know talk that through. Uh, so so we will definitely share more as we get a little closer uh, to that in the next couple mm, of weeks. I like that. All right, let's see. And lots and lots of duplicates. Thanks so much for the questions. Uh, re re really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, somebody is asking, is this going to be like Once Upon a Time? Um, I assume they're talking about the show. Yeah, I don't uh, know that show very well. Yeah, I've watched uh, it just a little not bit. Not quite that yeah. fantasy. <laughs> um, a little, you know, a little more, a little darker, maybe a little, um, you know, that uh, danger also comes with things of beauty and wonder kind of <laughs> yeah so Cato flex also asked uh deborah what film tv and books so so we'll just say yeah. what what inspirations uh -huh. did you have when you were uh creating um children of verite okay 
So there's a couple of things that inspire me all the time. <laughs> and then a few things that are more specifically for this. Um, so all the time, I will forever and always say, Nancy Drew Computer Games, Her Interactive, go find them, spend your money on those games. They're incredible. You do have to like puzzles. But there's also, there's really great walkthroughs online if that's something that you're into, like if you don't want to have to wait to figure those out. But they're just fantastic. The storytelling is fantastic. Um, if you do, I recommend Ghost of Thornton Hall, Shadow at the Shadow at Water's Edge. Um, oh, what's the, the Northern Sea of Darkness? Oh my God. They're all so good. First of all, that. Mystery adventure puzzle games. Um, Secondly, will be things like Are You Afraid of the Dark, Goosebumps, any kind of horror adventure, Indiana Jones, Exorcist, all these kinds of movies that I grew up on uh, that terrified and delighted me. Um, so all of those things are sort of living within this. This, this will feel like a cuspy millennial <laughs> uh, Gen Xer kind of uh, reference callback. Um, in terms of more specifically for this, Absolutely Hans Christian Andersen. Um, I've been reading a ton of that. Um, and, oh, be careful because I don't want to do anything don't, away don't either. Spoil, yeah, I don't want to spoil too much or anything like that. They're that's, on the side of no spoilers. Yeah, that's maybe the, the most specific I want to get. I mean, we said fairy tales for sure. And that's my favorite thing. But I, you know, I would say don't, here's where it's like different from Once Upon a Time. Don't expect Rumpelstiltskin to be an NPC. You know, like that's not quite how this is going to be. This is, this is more like, so uh, here's a good, I'll give a good, uh, a good inspiration for this as well is the, the lore podcast, right? So um, things that are, it's our world, but there's magic if you just turn your head fast enough, right? It's just right there and you just missed it. Um, and, and the idea being that if you believe hard enough and you search smartly enough <laughs> smart enough you'll be able to catch it you'll be able to have that experience and and so yeah th those kinds of those kinds of things excellent all right let's do uh maybe a couple more here but um i i've got to do this one because uh rated lex one says this is a question from uh their seven-year-old so oh. hello there and thank hello. you so much for watching uh we appreciate that and uh what happens if a player doesn't show up and oh. so i think generally this is, uh, you know, as we're talking about uh, recording live versus some pre-filming, uh, we are going to do everything that we we typically can uh, to have it to where we can have the entire cast there for those episodes. If we happen to hit a moment where, uh, you know, that's just not going to be possible for, for one reason or another, um, I will, uh, you know, again, it'll be a pretty rare circumstance, but then I'm going to throw the rest of that over to you, Deborah, <laughs> as to <laughs> um, what you might do. I mean, it depends what they were up to right before, right? Um, you know, we, we might have to say, you know, maybe they're not feeling well. And so they take the day to sit idly in the, in the, in the tent while the rest of you go on a one-shot adventure. Silas you know, so, has a lot of comic books that they can yeah, read. Yeah. You know, so it fine. could be, it could be the kind of thing where like, wherever you are in that moment, maybe I'll do instead of continuing the story. Cause I'd like you all to be part of that, but I could see a world in which you know, you know, when I was sick and I stayed home from school, school still happened, you know, 
Or you yeah. go and eat at fancy restaurants Ooh. and you go join a parade. <laughs> So uh, not swim, not swim a day home. Swimming pool. Yeah. <laughs> and you That's evade awesome. the principal. Yes, yeah, yes. All those things. Yes. That'll all that'll be perfect. And then th there are several questions about guests. And what I can say about that is mm. we certainly will be looking for some opportunities uh, for, for guests to uh, to be a part of the show if and when that makes sense. So, so we definitely want to focus on, uh, you know, really establishing the world and the story and these characters that we currently have. But um, I would certainly say that it would not surprise me if, if we had some guests show up at some point in the future. All right, let's see one more question and then we are going to close out. This is a good one from, let's see, Mel Kizadek. Um, Will there be a digital map or more theater of the mind? Ah. Hmm. Uh, airing on the theater of the mind side, I think for sure. To that end, I just spent a good three hours today on Adobe Illustrator. So uh, I like... I can't wait to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I like making things. Um, I am crafty and one-track minded and very obsessive. So... Um, you know, we will have a box, I think, on our layout where we can share certain things. It will be small, so I'm going to try and use it very specifically and very sparingly. Now, of course, there may be things, actually, that the players find that are just too big to show in the little box for you guys to have any real um, sense of. But we will send them to the players, and then they will show up on that website. So if they find a a letter that has small and lots of text and we read it on air, but it's really kind of hard to see. You can go and look at it on the website and really pick it apart and look for all the clues. Um, so we're probably going to air on the side of theater of the mind every once in a while. If, if we need a map for spacing in a battle or something like that, we might throw one up there and use it less as like a battle map and more to just be like, I think you're about here and they're about there kind of thing. Um, and then, yeah, for props and handouts and assets, I'm going to make some stuff. Uh, some stuff will be displayed. Some you'll just get on the website. So really go check that website out because there may be things on there that don't you don't get to see on the show. <laughs> um, and it was just because Deb couldn't not make it. Um, gosh. That's it. <laughs> I have to learn how to like tell myself to like... <laughs> okay you don't have to make the brochure for the thing yeah, yeah. probably never gonna see all that <laughs> and, and i mean who knows with our cast we might be just come gosh i mean for, place. for relics and rarities I, they didn't find 50 percent of what i made for that i have i mean i have props here they have props at the end of that that they just never found and they you know you don't have to find everything to finish the adventure um and so, which is, you know, like I've said, partially great because it means I can still do those puzzles. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's so funny. We can you... also have like a director's commentary, um, you know, <laughs> version of that, that, you know, if for yeah. whatever reason we have left those things behind yeah. and you can't reuse them, well, those was... might be things that could end up on the website as well. Well, so. that, and I was going to say um, for those bi-week episodes, every once in a while, maybe we do one where I can come on and show you my early sketches or, you know, the, uh, the things they missed or something like that. That is um, going to be perfect. Yeah. yeah we'll I love see if it. those so, fit in. Sometime. All right. We've got one last question here. And I yeah. think this is a, a great uh, segue to, to kind of pull us out here from DMDBI. 
I hope that's how you say that. Uh, so Demiplane is a software for streaming. So, uh, so you know, had some other questions about mm. what are you going to use to be playing? And so I think this is a good place to answer that. So we will be playing this game for Children of Arte in a Demiplane portal, which is uh, something that you can go out there, demiplane.com. Uh, check out, uh, you know, how all that works, but you can make a, an adventure portal where you and a group of friends, or if you're looking for games, you can find those out there mm. and, uh, and, and fill some open seats. But once you join that portal, it is uh, kind of a home base for you to be able to come with that group and be able to join videos. So right now, uh, Deborah and I are on uh, in a Demiplane portal. It's the same portal that we're going to use to stream the show next week. Uh, so, so you can do that. That's what we're going to be using for the show. And it is a great tool for uh, if you currently use Zoom or Discord or, or some of the other uh, video solutions out there. Demiplane is um, really taking that idea of, you know, hey, especially as the pandemic uh, started up and, and groups are coming online to play, what would that look like to have a video conferencing and video uh, chat solution that is purpose built for TRPGs? And so uh, that is a big part of how Demiplane has started. Of course, we're uh, moving into some exciting directions with official digital tools for some great games out there. Uh, but, uh, but that is what we're going to use for the show is uh, a Demiplane portal. And so, uh, so check that out uh, out there and uh, register today at demiplane.com. All right, Deborah, we're going to close this out. All Is right. there anything that we have not covered that you feel like you want to share with our audience here at the close of episode zero? At my notes, I don't think so. Um, I mean, just ground. just that I'm really excited and really nervous, and all of the I I hope appropriate feelings for this. Um, I I love the cast so much. Everyone's been really on board. You know, I. I pitched this sort of crazy thing i was like sorry are you okay if you're human <laughs> to start and, and i build was like, in some things that's incredible this is everything i've ever wanted out of yeah. dnd yeah. well i like you likened it to guardians of the galaxy right so being uh is it peter quinn is that his uh, name peter quill yeah peter so quill. star lord yeah yeah so. being peter quill in that world he's this weird human right because everyone is something else and yeah. so you know yeah I, I like that that's what you're you're your head went to something cool yeah. like that. Um, so yeah, I'm just, I'm excited. I appreciate everyone giving me the chance to try something a little funny here at the beginning. Um, and something that is, you know, maybe a little different for Demiplay and a little different for some of the other streaming shows. Um, but yeah, I, I hope if we, you know, nothing is new, nothing is unique, but uh, hopefully things are authentic and that's, that's all we can ask for. I, I, cannot wait to play i cannot wait to uh you know just see how the story progresses how this yeah, world too. is is built out <laughs> in, in front of us it, it it really is uh just just going to be so much fun and i hope that uh you know viewers out there thank you for joining us for this episode zero hopefully uh you know uh i, I haven't seen many of these so i don't know how <laughs> it landed out there but, we'll uh, but out. it's something that seemed like a good idea uh for us to do and so hopefully it was helpful uh to align some of those expectations give you a little bit of a peek uh, into the mind of Deborah and Wall and, and what she's putting together for, for this show uh, and, and also just, you know, how, how things are going to work. And, yeah. uh, and so we're going to hit the ground running next week. So it is the Ides of March, the <laughs> Ides of March next week. Um, and so March 15th, Tuesday at 6 p.m. Pacific, we are going to kick things off for Children of Erte 
Cannot wait to see it. Hope to see all of you there. If for whatever reason you can't catch it live, it will be on our YouTube channel. Following that, you can catch up on the VOD. Thanks again, Deborah, for joining me. Thank Thanks, you. Uh, Josh, for, for the production yes. uh, here tonight. Thank you very much for that. Thanks to our incredible cast. Uh, again, many of them have been hanging out in chat all night. So we've got Lauren Urban, Alicia Marie, Jen Kretschmer, Hope Lavelle, and then I'm Adam Bradford. And again, we will see you next week. Later, Gators. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Children of Arte. To learn more about Demiplane, visit demiplane.com and embark on your own adventure today.